Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. Well, it's the final live program before Christmas, and we posted two new best of color question compilations podcasts at investtalk.com. So they will be there. And the year is fast winding down. You realize there's only four trading days left in the year in 2021. And, of course, there might be things you need to do, you need to accomplish before year's end, and this is the time to do it. Don't, you, know, you need to take your steps now, get ready for the new year, okay? Uh, and I'm talking about tax loss selling. And, you know, we've gone over that, and I've mentioned it numerous times, but, you know, it never hurts to pound that into your head because some people forget about it, get busy shopping and New Year's. I mean, it's difficult sometimes. So, But you got to get that portfolio ready. Okay, so now we're live right now, four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday, and I'm live right now. So, of course, I'm waiting for your questions, and you may have specific directed questions for your own personal situation. That's okay. You know, most people, you know, listen to the questions, and, you know, they they might answer a question they have they don't want to ask. So don't be afraid to ask any financial questions at all, any of them, Okay. Uh, uh, on today's program podcast, we always operate with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And of course, you know, that means I'm going to provide facts, facts, not, you know, opinions. Oh, well, I will give my opinion on the stock, though. <laughs> but not uh, when I, when I, when we go over numbers, when we go over the company numbers, that those are facts. When we go over economics that you know, have been reported, those are facts. Now, I may have an opinion on where we are going economically or the stock itself, where it's going to go. But whenever you're talking about the future, you're not talking about facts. You're talking about opinions. Okay, but and we do this with all without bias. I mean, we don't have a bias that we want to slant you. And, you know, that you would be amazed how often, how often – uh, registered investment advisors, money managers do have a bias. They have they have a boss they got to make happy. I don't. We don't. We make ourselves happy. So let's get right to our first question. Our first listen line question. The number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're open. We're live Monday through Friday four to five. And again, the number eight 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 ninety nine C H A R T. Hello, my name is Dwayne from Plano, Texas. I'd like to ask you about the exporting of LNG. I'm hearing it's going to be a 
big boom in the next 10 to 20 years and what stocks, natural gas stocks will benefit from that? Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, this question, this is a recorded question we played yesterday, Jorge, just to let you know. Uh, LNG, liquefied natural gas, and I mentioned yesterday, remember uh, that uh, uh, Russia supplies Western Europe through pipelines, lots of their needs for natural gas, and that Russia has recently reversed the direction of that flow, and they're not getting what they need right now, and there's lots of bickering back and forth about long-term contracts and, you know, politics and all those wonderful things. And therefore, I think over the next years, our LNG, liquid financial gas facilities, and most of it I think is in the Gulf right now, and there are a couple of being built, if I remember right. I think that's going to be a boom for them, but I can't give, cannot give you out stocks that would benefit. I cannot. I can only answer about stocks you ask about. Notice that's all I do. People ask about stocks, I then give it to them. But I don't give them, you know, buy this stock or that stock. I can't do that. The SEC won't allow me. Okay? My focus point today is based on a story behind the headline, option trading activity has hit record levels. Now, it has been reported that retail investors now account for more than 25% of option trading. But most retail investors are playing a losing game. Why is that? We're going to go into it. I'll, I'll mention that. Options is not my strength, but this was an interesting article. I think I need to share it with you. The market today is actually up. The Dow was up 197, the NASDAQ 131, and the S&P 29. So we've had a pretty good week, a reversal for a week of not very good news. So um, I, I, I think we're up for the week. I'm not sure. I haven't checked, but I'll check during the show and find out if that's true. Okay. I also want to talk about some, there was a, a flood of economic information came out today, and I want to talk about some of it. I want to talk about the personal income and spending report that came out. Then there was a report on inflation, core inflation and the PCE. That's the inflation gauge that the Federal Reserve likes to look at. So we're, I want to go over those. Um, and also, you know, the, the, our, the main discussion point here about option trading is going to point to uh, uh, personal, uh, point to uh, retail investors not knowing enough or not having enough tools. But I also want to talk about what how they benefit the market. So don't think that they they are a big part and they are beneficial to the market. So those are things we're going to talk about, but of course, it depends on you. Where do you want to go with the show? What, what do you want to talk about? Anything financial, we'll discuss. And as I said, the market was up uh, for the day. Again, the Dow on 197, the NASDAQ 131, and the S&P up 29. We're headed into a quick break. I'm here, ready to answer your questions anytime. 888-99-CHART. No two investors have an identical portfolio. 
So each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. We're counting down the days, first Christmas and then New Year's. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Art from Tucson, Arizona, regular listener. I'm looking at... Honeywell International, Inc., H-O-N. I do not own it. Wondering if this is a good place to get in. It's at about 202 as of today. Thank you. I'll be listening on the podcast. Well, today it's at $205.22. So Honeywell International provides automotive and aerospace products, security technologies, specialty chemicals, and engine systems. It's a $141 billion company, so it's a pretty big conglomerate-type company. They're going to make $8.06 this year per share after only making $7.10 last year. That's up 14%. And next year, they're going to be up another 11%, $8.98 per share. Sales growth is was 9% in the most recent quarter, 18% the quarter before that. And if all the quarters before that for the last six quarters, they've lost sales volume. So... You know, they just turned it around recently, and it's so big, I don't think it's ever going to have a huge growth prospect. So I wouldn't treat this as a growth company. It's not. So it, I, I would buy it based on a good value and the dividend. They're only paying 1.9% dividend. That's not a lot. Cash flow strong, $8.71. Really good return on equity, 28%. But the PE is around 22, 23, and the five-year range is 12 to 32, so it's right in the middle of the range. So it's not a bargain. Uh, that's nothing, to, no, no problem. Mutual funds have been very slowly selling it the last year, not buying it. So I don't know. It's a good, solid company, but I don't think it's going to give you much return. That's what I think. Let's go to Dylan in Brooklyn. How you doing, Dylan? See, how you doing? Good. Thanks for the call. Uh, I've got a question about stock, but first I just want to give you a quick thanks. There was a caller earlier this week who was asking about um, options in the SPY for a Santa rally, and you called for a 470 call, and you nailed it perfectly and was able to cash in on that today. So thank you for the Christmas gift. Well, great. I appreciate that. yeah, no, that was great. Uh, so today I have a question. Yesterday you had a caller that uh, was asking about LNG stocks in general, and I know you said you couldn't name any without him asking, so I figured I'd ask you about one. Uh, I'm looking at Chesapeake Energy Corp, ticker CHK. Okay. 
I like Chesapeake Energy. I do like the LNG part of them. I think that's the growth part of this company. And, and, you know, I think that's a spark growth. Let's put it that way. Uh, Chesapeake Energy is a $7.4 billion company, so a mid-cap, engaged in the exploration and production of natural gas, crude oil, and properties in the United States. Uh, um, I like it, the LNG. I think, are they the ones building that terminal in the Gulf? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how um, well no, they are. They kind of, they're in like Louisiana, Pennsylvania, I think. I'm not sure if they're part yeah. of that. Yeah, I, 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 I think LNG is going to become a bigger and bigger part of what we are going to export that. Because the LNG, natural gas is a pretty clean energy. It's a lot cleaner than coal, and a lot cleaner you know, than other things, oil or, or uh, home heating oil. So, And Europe just desperately needs it. And the politics with Russia is going to be a big problem in the future. Now is right today. So I really think LNG has a good future, and therefore I wouldn't mind exposing myself there. Meanwhile, Chesapeake pays a 2.8% dividend. Uh, it's going to make $10 a share next year. It's a $63 stock. So that's a six, little bit more than 6 PE. I think it's worth a shot. Gene, appreciate it. Dallin, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. How you doing, Gene? Hey, Steve, thanks for taking my call. I had a very general question for you about an insurance question. Yeah. If you have, um, if someone has something valuable, a collectible in their, in their home, like a, a jewelry or a piece of art or a baseball card, and it's appraised at a certain uh, pri- a price that they can say you can, you, can, you can sell it at an auction, I always hear that people say that the insurance value should be more than that. The insured value you should you should go for is, is like thirty percent to twenty five percent more, and I never knew understood why. Why would insurance company insure insure a, a collectible item for more than you can sell it for? Well, because uh, probably okay. There's two things here. First of all, insurance. If you're talking about a homeowner's policy, or you're talking about a special writing for for a specific. I just, yeah, a special, okay. a special writer, yeah. Okay, because uh, most homeowner policy, everybody, and this is for everybody else, uh, uh, Gene, most homeowner policies limit, limit to certain things, jewelry, you know, uh, uh, Certain things they limit. Jewelry is one of the major things they limit that people don't realize. They don't insure much cash. You know, if you had cash in the house and it burns up, you can't collect more than a certain amount, and different things. But you can get a writer for a piece of so jewelry or some kind of collectible that you have, you know, an art piece, and pay a specific premium for that item to insure it at a certain value. And, Gene, the value you insure for is the value you're going to get. And how do they determine that value? By getting it appraised. Okay. Uh-oh. I think the discrepancy I always hear is that they say that the insured value uh, is should might be let's say a thousand three hundred dollars, but what you can what you can sell it for is only a thousand. I never understood why they, an appraiser would say that the insured value is is it something to do with the replacement, the cost of replacement? Why why is that always like twenty five or thirty percent more than how much okay. you can sell it? When you have a writer, they, it's not replacement cost. They don't insure it for that. 
what I'm familiar is that you'll get, and maybe someone else is more expert because I have been out of the insurance game for a long time, but the writers I was familiar with is that whatever you wrote it for, that specific amount is what you get paid if it's stolen or, you know, is, cut, is somehow lost by covered peril of whatever peril that it, you're insuring against. You know, it could be fire, theft, uh, mysteri- even mysterious disappearance is covered, as long as you knew where, exactly where it was and it just disappeared. So I don't understand that. You would need to talk to an insurance expert, but I don't think that's right. I really don't. We are headed into a break, but I'm here on and very happy to tackle any of your financial investment questions. So give me a call. We're live. 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Robert in Pleasanton. Robert. Hey there, Steve. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, too. So I've been keeping an eye on Intel, and um, it seems like the stock is uh, kind of been stuck in a kind of a downturn, but I'm just wondering if um, you know the prospects are, are looking a little bit brighter for next year. Uh, doesn't it doesn't appear to me like it's probably going to go down too much lower than where it is. So I'm wondering if you think this is a good value opportunity. Okay, Intel. Everybody knows who they are: manufacturing microprocessors, chipsets, network processing, non-volatile memory and storage. Two hundred five, two hundred eight billion dollar company, huge. They're gonna make five dollars and twenty seven cents this year, and that's the most they've ever made in many years. Next year it's gonna be three dollars and seventy one cents, though. Down thirty percent is the estimate. That's why they're under pressure. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, sales were up five percent in the most recent quarter. They pay a 2.7% dividend. They have a very good return on equity. And the stock is a $51 stock. Therefore, it tells you that it's probably around a 12 or 13 PE, which is reasonable. It is, a st- uh, Robert, it is stuck in a range. Uh, if you look over like three, look over the last three, four years, it seems to fall to about $45 and then, then goes up to 60 and then goes back down. And it's on a, little bit of a downtrend right now. So that's, uh, you know, I think you, I think it's going to stay in that trading range. I think it's just going to be stuck. So you buy it cheap. If it gets to the $45, $47, then I would be a buyer of it. And because I, then it, that's probably as low as it's going to go unless, unless something dramatic happens. So, Robert, appreciate the call. Thank you. My focus point today is based on the story behind options trading activity hits record levels. Most of that reason for that is is individual investors. 39 million option contracts have traded daily on on average this year, rising 35% from 2020. Retail investors now account for more than 25% of the trading activity. But the majority of these, this is, this is the issue. The majority of these small-time retail investors use basic call and put options. They don't use any of the advanced strategies that are out there. And 
this usually means much lower profitability and more risk for these retail investors. So everybody in the business knows that if you're buying out of the call options, then you're likely going to lose money. Did you know most options expire worthless? About 80% of them. Real huge amount. So they're negative on individuals simply because they don't they don't play any of the sophisticated options. And I'm not sure they should be playing the sophisticated options. But as a result, they're 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 they could easily be subject to the more sophisticated traders pushing prices around for those options. So you know, option trading is something you have to be very, very careful with. You know, I know it's attractive because you don't have to put money down and you can leverage your winnings, but you also can leverage your losings. You know, you can lose all the money that you put down. So you have to be sophisticated. You really should be more sophisticated when you do options than just buying puts and calls. If that's all you're doing, you're kind of at a disadvantage. That's what this article is pointing to, and I, and I, and I happen to agree with it. You are kind of at a disadvantage. Let's keep moving. Go back to Invest Talk Voice Bank, 888 99Chart. Hey, gents. How's it going? My name is Raphael from Chicago. Had a question on Lindbach Holdings, LMB. I went in there when it was $3.76 a share, and it's gone up. So I'm just trying to see if I should scale back or if you think I should just hold tight to my shares. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, Limbach Holdings, the symbol LMB, provides construction and maintenance services for heating, ventilation, air conditioning, HVAC, plumbing. Uh, it's a it's a very tiny company, and that's why it's going to be volatile. $93 million market cap is really, really small. They're going to make $0.76 cents this year and $1.15 next year. It's a $9 stock. So you're looking at an 8 PE, right? So the PE is very low, but the range is huge, 4 to 229 in the last five years. So, you know, their earnings are kind of erratic over the years. Uh, sales have shrank four quarters in a row down 20, 21% in the most recent quarter. So that's not something that I'd be comfortable with. Uh, it, the, the highest got, you know, the high range, 14.15 is the highest it's ever been. It's at nine. Low, $253. And here is it at nine. If it was, if it was mine and I was going to, and I had it, and I have a great profit, sounds like you do, I at least take half. I, I I ensure I made money on this deal. I don't like the fact that the sales are shrinking, and the growth of the shrinking is pretty, is pretty steep, twenty one percent most recent quarter. Now I do like the industry. I will say that I think that industry is is a good industry to be in. The markets will be closed tomorrow, December twenty fourth, but we will have put together. We already put it together. Best of caller question podcast. You can download it now free at investtalk.com. So please let your friends know it's there, free. But now I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, 
It's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. We're counting down the days. New Year's Eve will be here soon. 2021 will be in the record books as we start a new year. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. Okay, when people take the time to leave an InvestTalk podcast review on iTunes, and as you heard me say every day, we like to thank them with a courtesy of getting to a question quickly if they want to ask a question. So, Mark, 01-1986, has a question about Palomar Holdings, P-L-M-R. I have been watching Palomar on the pullback, and I'm tempted to start accumulating because I think it's inexpensive given its growth. 
but I'm wondering if I am missing something. Also, if I were to write covered calls on this stock with modest volatility, do you think it's wiser to write closer to the money, shorter or in export money and shorter in expiration or further from the money and longer expirations? I like the longer expiration method better, but that's I'm not a big options person. That's a question for Justin on the options. For the stock, I'm pretty familiar with this type of business. This provides specialty property, personal and commercial specialty property insurance products. Okay? What does that mean? That means they don't do a homeowner's policy or auto policy. They don't do the regular stuff, no health policy. They write specialty lines of business. Let me give an example. Okay, I used to work for an insurance company in the East Coast way back in my early career. And I worked for a specialty lines insurance company. And one of the things they wrote is they, uh, they did... Hole in one insurance, hole in one insurance. So they would, they were, they were associated with the golf community, golf tournaments, and the, the tournament would put on a the, the the golf course would put on a tournament. You can buy hole in one insurance. It used to cost a thousand dollars. If you anybody got a hole in one hole in one in the tournament, they pay a hundred thousand dollars. They made a fortune of that. Hardly anybody. I don't think they ever had a claim. They also wrote skateboard parks. Things that are really odd and dangerous, that's what specialty lines do. So they can, you know, if done right, they can make a lot of money or they can go out of business. But this is a $1.6 billion company. It's only been around since 2019. It's here on the West Coast in La Jolla, down towards San Diego. Um, their sales growth is pretty spectacular in the last couple of years, you know. So that's impressive that they're able to grow. Uh, that fast. On the other hand, it's specialty lines. It's going to be volatile. So they're going to make $2.89 next year and it's $64 stock. And to me, that's too expensive. I would not want to own this company at that price. Don't fall in love with the past sales growth because you know, I'm not sure if they can maintain that 50% or higher sales growth. That's pretty darn difficult. I'd be careful and take a look at the profit margin and see how volatile the margins are because the special land business can be very volatile. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, personal income and spending numbers came out for November today. A lot of numbers came out today. I mean, it was just a blizzard of economic numbers. Income rose four-tenths of 1%. Okay, income meaning people's income rose four tenths of one percent in November. The month before, it rose five tenths, and the expectation expectation was for four percent, so kind of right in line. Spending rose six tenths of a percent, and the expectation was six tenths of a percent. And the, the month before, spending rose one point four percent. So spending kind of weakened. Okay, spending weakened. Does that mean the economy is weakening? I don't think so, but it certainly tells you that there's an issue, especially once you once you figure out what inflation was. I mean, inflation numbers came out too. Inflation, core inflation up five tenths of percent, same as it was the month before, and the PCE number, which is a year-over-year inflation gauge on a monthly basis, was 5.7%. The month before, it was only 5.1%. So that means, that means the real income for everybody 
for the month went down. And real spending went down because inflation ate all of it and a bit more. So, uh, yeah, you know, inflation, you know, we, you know, we just have not had to deal with inflation for a couple of, more than a couple, many decades. Back to the 1980s, we haven't had to deal with inflation. You know, inflation that was high. It was always well contained and two, three percent. Now we're at 5.7, and must, last month, uh, depending on how you counted, was over six. So we six percent. We we just never had to deal with that. But inflation eats into your spending and your income. If you get a raise and it's lower than inflation, you didn't get a raise because things cost more. It's just the way it is. We like we like your live invest talk questions, and we love to play pre-recorded questions like this one from eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hello, I'm calling just to get your thoughts on Levi, ticker symbol L-E-V-I. Looks like they've had a pretty good pullback here in the last couple months. Uh, pays a little over 1% dividend. It's about a 15 PE right now. i uh, love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all you do. Okay, 15 PE is a normal PE range for them uh, for this type of business. Uh, manufacturers, actually it might be a little high. Manufacturers sells jeans, casual pants, tops, jackets, shirts, that kind of thing. Everybody knows who Levi is. It's a $9.9 billion company. They're going to make $1.44 a share this year, $1.54 a share next year. It's a $24 stock. So it's a little bit pricey. Return equity is only 6%. Uh, recent quarters, sales are picking up nicely, but I doubt you know that that's going to be a continuation. I think it'll get more back into the single-digit percent growth, if it, if if any. So don't don't think it just because of recent growth in the last two quarters are really strong that that's going to keep up. That's pent up demand from previous quarters when no one was spending anything. So I don't think that that is something. Uh, management owns four percent. Mutual funds have been buyers in the last year, not strong buyers. So what's it worth? What is a dollar fifty four worth? Well, I'd say it's about twenty four dollars where they are. So I don't see a lot of upside potential. I don't. 888 chart 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. We're live Monday through Friday, 45 the specific time. Tomorrow is a holiday, the uh, Christmas Eve. Markets close, and we will be doing a best of show, so we still will be on the air. And we'd like you to tune in if you would. Okay, we would. Um, 888-99-CHART, and... We always the same question, always. Radio DJs like to play two songs in a row, so why don't we go ahead and do another call? Hi, good afternoon. This is Robert in Oakland, California. I got a quick question about stock warrants. Three quick questions. One, do the stock warrants usually have a deadline date? Two, is there somewhere that I can go to buy specifically gold and silver stock warrants, and three, normally are gold and silver stock warrants, are they marginable? Thank you very much. Love your program. Okay. Warrants. Warrants is the right to buy the stock at a certain price. They don't usually have an expiration date, but they can because it's, it's a warrant. It's a contract. Contracts can be written in most ways they want to. 
But when you get a warrant, what I, most common warrants I'm familiar with is if you start with a new company, brand new company, and you're willing to buy you know, 10,000 shares, they may give you warrants to buy another 1,000 shares at X price, okay? And can you sell the warrant? Yes. You can sell it to somebody else if you want to. Warrant has a value. It's not a publicly traded value, but it does have a value. It's worth something. Uh, can you do options on warrants? No, you can't. Um, and can you buy gold and silver warrants somewhere? Well, only if there's a gold and silver mining company that's offering warrants, or I did issue warrants, and they were already out there, and I don't think there are any because warrants are not common. Okay? I think I answered all those questions. Appreciate that. Avid in Fremont. Avid, how you doing? Doing fine. RCII. What what does it look like? Is it going to grow up? Because it looks like trending up uh, over the years. Okay, this is uh, Renaissance Inc. RCII operates franchises, 1973 stores offering furniture and electronics in the U.S., Canada, Mexico. Rent-a-Center. Okay, so uh, their sales have been pretty spectacular in the last year or so, every quarter. I mean, 66, the most recent quarter, the one before that, 75% growth. Before that, 48% growth. Before that, 7 Okay, before that, it was much, much smaller. But recent three quarters have been very strong. They're going to make $7.10 a share, and it's a $48.14 stock. Okay, so that tells you that is pretty inexpensive. I mean, we're talking about a six, seven, seven, six, seven PE range ratio, and its five-year range is five to fifty. So five to fifty means it's pretty darn low. Return on return on equity is very healthy, thirty-seven percent. Huge cash flow at sixteen dollars. Pays a two point eight percent dividend, and has hardly any debt. On a on a on a trading basis, on a, a I, I think that it bottomed about two months ago at $42 and been going up and down, up and down, but higher highs and high, and higher lows since about two months ago. And the high it's ever traded at is around $67. So I can see it very easily getting up into the 60s, and this would probably be a good place to buy it. So I kind of like this trade. Not my kind of company, but, you know, it's paying 2.8% dividend. I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I will give you a thumbs up on that one. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, as you know, um, I like to talk about KPP Financial for a minute or two during the hour. Steve Peasley, that's how I am. Justin Klein and I um, are the owners of the company. We're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County between San Diego and L.A. And we have we have some philosophies. One of them is unbiased guidance we do not and will not buy somebody else's guidance or have have someone else influence us on what we want to buy we don't want that we're not going to take it we also buy and sell the same things for ourselves we do for our clients at the same price same percentage we call it parallel investing we've been doing that decades now um we have certain strategies. We have five strategies uh, from very risky to not so risky to very low risk. Depends on what risk level you want. And we will take, and I encourage you to take uh, our free offer of, take, of 
reviewing your portfolio, give you an assessment of it, uh, uh, the risk assessment of it, and then talk to you and try to figure out if the risk you're taking is a risk that you want. So if you want to call us, we're in Irvine, California, KPP Financial, please do call us. And I think you'll find out after talking to us a little bit that we operate a little different than other people. We really do. So if we can help you, we will help you because we want to. This is Invest Talk. Justin, uh, Justin and I thank you for downloading our podcast. We really do appreciate that. And telling your friends, we really thank you for that. And we're going to play another caller here in about 30 seconds. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Mohammed. I'm calling from Pleasanton. What a great show. Love your show. And I have a question about one of the ticker symbol ALLK. It massively dropped down. So I was just wondering, is it a good time to get into that or just wait or just stay away from it? Happy holidays and great show. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, it did massively fall. It was at eight dollars a share, and now it's at ten dollars. And it happened in a very short period of time, like uh, one day. Why? You got to ask yourself what what, what caused that fall. Uh, uh, who is it? It's Alcolicus Alcolicus Inc. Alcolicus A L L A K O S develops therapeutic antibodies for the treatment of allergy and inflammatory and other kinds of diseases. Very tiny company. And that's the problem with these very tiny companies. $567 million market cap. And it doesn't make money. It has not made money ever. And it loses more money every year. This year, they're going to lose $4.45 a share. Next year, they're going to lose $4.59 a share. They have no sales. Why would you ever? buy this company. Why would anybody buy it? Had to have a good story because it was trading over 100 bucks at one point. Had to have a good story. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to figure out if I can get a reason why did it fall like a rock. Must have had something to do with some bad uh, bad testing or something that one of their farm, whatever they're working on failed. Usually it's that, you know, a, a new drug failing phase three, two, or one, one, two, or three, something that just, because remember, it's a story stock. They have a story, and that's why the stock was going up. Now the story ain't so hot. So, this is Invest.com. Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. 888-99-CHART. And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. 
Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Alan from Hayward, California. Love the show. I just wanted to know what you thought about royalty pharmaceuticals and if you think it's a good business. They don't sell or make drugs. They just collect royalties from the drugs that other companies make. I also wanted to know if you would consider this a growth stock or not. They pay a dividend, but I was under the impression that growth companies don't pay dividends. Also, Warren Buffett recently invested in this stock. So does that mean it's an automatic buy considering the price is cheaper than what he paid for it? That's R is in Radford, P is in Peter, R is in Radford, X is in X-ray. Thank you. Well, I can see why it is a Warren Buffett kind of thing, but it's not his usual because it's a fairly new company out of June 2020. Um, so that's not his usual buy. Okay, what is this? A royalty pharmaceutical, RPRX, company that owns pharmaceutical royalties and invests in life science and biotechnology industry. Uh, they've been making money for some time. And, of course, that's one of Warren's Buffett's main characters. you got to make money. you got to have a moat. And I don't know what the moat meaning. Some, something that somebody else would have a hard time duplicating. They're going to make $3.19 next year after making $2.85 this year, $1.58 last year. So that's pretty strong sales uh, earnings growth. And sales growth is 9 to 15%. So that's... I guess you would define it as a growth company, okay, because, but the, but it's not that fast of sales growth. And its stock has gotten hit, or, you know, was trading $50, $60 a share back in March, and now here it is, you know, $40. And that's up from where it was. It was down at $35, $36. Uh, dividends only 1.7%. Turn equity is very healthy at 21%. I'd have to dig into it more to find out about it. And Warren Buffett is really a really good investor, right? I mean, he's one of the best. He is the best. Or I don't know about the best, but he's up there. But he does make mistakes. Don't think all his stocks are winners. They're not. But um, this stock looks fundamentally sound, but I'd have to do a lot of work. Doesn't look like there's much debt. Mutual funds are slowly buying it over the last year. Management on six percent, so that's a you can give it a shot. Not sure, not sure. Okay, new home sales were out for the last month three uh, seven hundred forty four thousand. The month before six hundred sixty two, but seven hundred forty four thousand was still below the expectation of seven hundred sixty six thousand. But it was up from last year, so last month. So housing, the housing industry is still pretty strong. I mean, we had the Case-Shiller Home Price Index, and that showed a slowdown. Remember, that goes from year over year, showing you the prices going up. And it's showing, it's showing a slowdown in the price appreciation. Pretty significant. So we might see, and I have told you before, I think we have seen the top of the market. I do think the housing market is going to be, still be healthy going forward, and it's going to stay healthy until mortgage rates, you know, get much higher than they are now. And that might happen when the Fed starts raising rates. But that probably won't be until later next year. So I, I'm pretty comfortable with it. 
Um, retail investors are very healthy for the stock market. This was a, a, a study, a research report, says that when the stock market is under pressure, retail investors help support it. Now, why is that true? Well, because what happens when the market's under pressure, mutual funds, uh, investors, uh, index investors, they start selling want selling their shares, forcing the companies to sell the underlying stocks. And retail investors don't do that. They usually provide the liquidity and they're the buyers. So retail investors are a pretty darn important element of the world market. That's what that research did. Kind of kind of interesting. We are the retail investors. You and me, guys. We're the ones. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family member about us. It's all free, free podcasts. You can download it. we got, I think we're about 37 million downloads. The market will be closed tomorrow, December 24th, but we have put a fresh, brand-new Best of Caller Questions podcast out. Okay? You can download it and listen to it. So get your downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. We love that. So we encourage you to do that. You can you, you can even leave a brief question if you want, and we'll get to it fast. End of that thing is share success. This is the Mess Talk. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.